0: Right, so the first gig you went to?
1: Very first gig I went to was to see Mud, Mud famous for Tiger Feet and Lonely This Christmas, etc. I was in the Mud fan club and had a badge that said Mud on the Road, which had the Mud on the Road, uh, road sign, you know, very clever, clever marketing. And my big sister took me to see that, uh, Glasgow Apollo 1974. And... Um, it was probably the most excited I'd ever felt about anything including Christmas I was so excited about it before it and afterwards I was even more excited it was just, it just felt like the most amazing thing I would have been nine and yeah I thought, I thought it was incredible and I'm pretty sure that was part of the thing that made me go I'd like to do that I'd like people reacting to something I'm doing like everybody in the audience was reacting to that. I mean, the first band I saw was obviously the support band. You never want to make that, because people go, yeah, first band I saw was, but you." Oh, well, that's impressive, but it's always a support band. And they were called Bilbo Baggins. And I have to say, they were fine, but I wasn't that excited. And then Mud came on and it was just like, I mean, it was amazing. I loved it.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. That's a great answer. I'll, I'll tell you when we finish. My first gig, because there's a story behind that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the last gig that you went to?
1: The last gig I went to was in um, the Flying Duck in Glasgow. And it was a band called Audiobooks for a duo. Uh, I, one guy, one girl. And I just think they're incredible. You know, again, it's it's bizarre. I, I was so excited about it. And I actually, had, I a it for an earlier show but because of lockdown and um, kind of situations with not as much transport at the weekends, I couldn't get to, um, and I was really, really disappointed, and then suddenly we announced this gig, which was during the kind of whole cop thing that was happening in Glasgow, and I went along to it, and I just felt like um, it's strange when you get a giggle of like that. It makes you feel like you're that teenage version of yourself again. And I really felt like that. And, and my old friend John Rob from the membranes, he was there because he was covering various stuff. And he hadn't seen them or heard from that point. And I was like, "John, we're amazing, but we're so exciting, and we're just not like other people." And he totally loved it as well. So that was really exciting to be able to share it because I, I really felt I was going to the gig by myself. But um, I'm one of those people. I get really excited by things, but the thing I love most is when I can share those things I'm excited about with another person, particularly if they get it. Yeah, and John loved them and I loved them. And, you know, I was so excited and I got to speak to them afterwards and I felt my heart beating fast because I was excited to meet them. And the guy, David Renshaw, I think the guy from Band who's I think he's a bit younger than me, but he seemed, he, he knew who I was. And he seemed kind of surprised at just how nervous and excited I seemed talking to him afterwards. Of the show I was kind of, oh, it was so great. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> and I think he was going, A minute, you're somebody that's done lots of gigs. Why are you? But I did. I think they're amazing. Audiobooks.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Gig that most surprised you, good or bad?
1: This is one I didn't have an answer for because I just. I mean, lots of gigs surprise me. I love when gigs sort of surprise me, but um, I can think of, an. oh, actually, I can think of an answer now. The gig that most surprised me was probably Psychic TV, um, and it was at Rooftops in Glasgow, which I don't think operates now as a venue. And I really, it's funny, I really liked Frog and Gristle, which would have banned, I guess it kind of, morphed or half of it morphed into psychic tv the thing i really liked about psychic tv was there was a guy from uh, scotland called alex ferguson not the, the football manager and um, who wrote really great pop melodies and he'd been in the punk band atv and i was a big fan of his and psychic tv had some really really great pop songs but we didn't do any of them Whatsoever. We just done the kind of more experimental, loose kind of um, chant like stuff and noise sort of stuff. And I was so I was sort of disappointed by it. And there was also quite a lot of um, like video footage of people getting um, their genitals pierced, getting projected on a screen behind them. And I mean, I knew they were in there, but I didn't necessarily think I was going to a screening of stuff about that. And then after the gig, I got beaten up, I, um, just like kind of walking away from the gig. It wasn't anything to do with the gig; it was just a coincidence. Um, a bunch of guys kind of tripped me up as I passed by them, and then you know they were all kicking me. So it was surprising in lots of ways. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> it was a disappointing night out.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Highs and lows. Recovered. Yeah, yeah. Come I hope you have, you have. A great or a famous gig you had a ticket to but missed?
1: Um, well, for me, it felt like a really uh, important thing. I don't think it was like a gig that would seem seen as being a particularly big gig in this band's history, but it was um, the Ramones in 1985 at the barrellands And all of my friends, I think we um just... Kind of really found such a wide group of friends who were all really into music there had always been people like sean dixon and norman blake because we were from Belfast, and then we got to know people like francis mckee but we'd now lots of kind of friends who were from all these different places and everybody was going and i got l and it was that kind of l where you're barely able to just even walk to the bathroom or walk downstairs the actual day i was at my most l was the day of the Ramones playing the Barrowlands in 1985. And um, I remember being so incredibly disappointed that I couldn't be there because it felt like this was one of the first big nights with this kind of group of friends. Um, and I wasn't there. And apparently it was amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. I, I never saw the um, um About a bucket gig in the past that you wished you'd got to?
1: Okay, um I think my bucket gig in the past um is probably um Carol King. And it doesn't need to be actually any specific gig. She's just somebody I really would have loved to see live. And you know, um I mean she played uh I can't remember, it was like some big park down in London recently did an outdoor gig and the tickets were just, you know, I'm willing to pay. A reasonably high price for a ticket. If I'd got that money, but I didn't have that money, and it wasn't fast enough. If I had that money, I wouldn't have been uh, fast enough to get a ticket. Um, yeah, I would love to see Carol King. When I went to New York um, a few years ago, um, I saw the show Beautiful, which is the uh, Carol King, Jerry Goffin uh, story in Broadway, um, yeah, in Broadway, and that was kind of amazing. And I was sort of kind of willing her because I think she'll occasionally go along and see the show. I was willing her to be in the audience at night. I kind of going, I bet if I really, really hope that she'll be there and makes a guest surprise appearance on stage, that'll probably happen. It didn't happen, but it was still really exciting to see it there. And um, yeah, she's, for me, she's the king of pop. She's the king of rock and roll. Um, The the one that counts. So I I wish I had seen her in the past.
0: And she turned 80 this week, didn't she? I know. Yeah, look at that. Um, so a bucket gig list sorry, a bucket gig you're still waiting to go to?
1: I've never seen Paul McCartney life. And it sort of surprises me. But again, the last couple of times that he was playing gigs that I could have got to, I just financially wasn't in a place where I was able to go. You know, it was One of the times I was still working at the BBC, I worked at the BBC for about a decade. And there was a female colleague who would always kind of, you know, say it, she was, I'm just obsessed by music. I'm obsessed by it. You know, and then you kind of find out her idea of being obsessed by an artist was having my idea of having a very vague passing interest in someone. And she told me she tickets to go and see Paul McCartney. And she's going, I mean, I don't even know if I should go. I mean, I I don't think I'm that interested. And I was going, well, give me the ticket. You know, are you crazy? Then she went. And the next day she was like, you know, Carly's actually written quite a lot of famous songs. Mm -hmm. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was, quite a lot of the songs I heard at the concert. And I was saying to people, and did he write this one as well? And I'm like, how did she get to go? How could I not afford to go? She got to go. Um, but hopefully, not better. Um, hopefully one day I will get to see him.
0: Yeah, well, he's still going, so... Fingers, I know. Crossed, fingers crossed. Oh, he's sprightly. Very much so. Um, band or artist you have saw the most?
1: Well, the band that I've probably seen the most are Teenage Fan Club. And I don't know if that really counts, because Norman... Was sort of like my best friend and at the start of teenage fan club I was nearly all the rehearsals and a lot of the recording sessions and stuff like that as well you know so um I would think it's probably Teenage Fan Club but second to teenage fan club because I just thought you know just in case that doesn't really count because um I've got a personal in there it's probably Jonathan Richman um massive fan of Jonathan Richmond he's probably in some ways the guy who made me decide I wanted to do with my life, what I ended up doing, making music. And um, I've seen him a great many times. Not recently, because he's not been over recently. Yeah. But any time he was in town, I would be there. And he used to come, he used to come around a lot. Um, so, yeah, Teenage Fan Club and Ben Jonathan Richmond. And I still think he's pretty much the greatest uh, solo live performer you could ever hope to see. I've taken friends to see him. And you know, mentioned to some like Norman, "Oh, I'm taking so and so to see Jonathan Richmond tonight." And he's went, "Oh, that's like going to school. That's like taking people, you know, to the great school you could ever go to if you want to be a live performer."
0: Right, perfect. Thank you. Couple to go. Uh, So, the best best ever gig you've attended?
1: Well, Jonathan Richmond was a real contender. I've actually decided to go for the band Tennis Coats. Um, from Japan, um, who are possibly my favorite group in the world. Um, and again, this kind of relates to Norman. I remember uh, Norman, Eugene, Kelly and myself were sitting um, in this beautiful church in Tokyo, and we were going to be playing a show together. And we opened an act or tennis courts and Eugene hadn't seen them before. And Norman and I were so excited because Eugene was going to get to see this act who to me there's nobody like them. I just think they're a unique experience my favourite gig by them is possibly um, in Mono Cafe in Glasgow in 2009 and I don't even know why that particular gig was so special to me possibly I don't think it's this reason they got me up to join, <laughs> join in signing. So, mean, Apart part in Japanese. I don't speak Japanese, but I'd never sang before on a brand new song, so I couldn't prepare for it. And you'd think actually that could have almost spoiled it for me because I was incredibly nervous. But removing me from the occasion, all the other stuff that wasn't me was so, so amazing. Um, and um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to you know tour with them in japan and stuff and, and see them a lot of times and actually even record with them and i just think they are the most amazing live act you could possibly ever see
0: thank you and last question one live album that we must own
1: going back to jonathan richmond this one it's um modern lovers live on originally in berserkly records from 1977 Uh, It was recorded at the Brixton Academy in London and I actually got to speak to someone that was at that gig because I wasn't at that gig, I was too young and I wasn't going to be going to a gig in London in 1977, Uh, Glenn Glenn Matlock, Ex of the Sex Pistols. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what the record sounds like. He's sort of saying when they all went along, they were like, oh, yes, is one of the real New York punks, you know, and he came on and sang all these songs about... Uh, little insects and little cooking hackings and little dinosaurs and ice cream men. And we were all a bit like, what? And he had a little pencil moustache and a, a kind of white voice, it was kind of tied at the belly button. And, you, and he was. everything was acoustic and it was quiet. And we were all like going, what? And then there's a point in the gig and you can hear it in the record where they get it. And they actually, and he's won them over. And he was sort of saying, and, you know, he wasn't singing songs about destroy and, you know, being angry and stuff. And he was more punk than anybody because he was just doing something that was so uniquely himself and not not going with the current momentum. And I just think it's such a joyful album. There's a track in it called The Morning of Our Lives. If ever I have a friend who's... Uh, feeling unsure about where they are in life I always encourage them to listen to that because it's just such an amazing song of kind of hope and light and that's sort of again one of the things that inspired me to want to make music because I wanted to make music that felt like that so I think that's an amazing whether it was a live album or not I just think it's an amazing record incredibly human incredibly warm and funny at bits
0: perfect yeah they're brilliant answers Douglas thank you very much